This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions. Fighting out of New York, standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall, and wearing the red, white, and blue trunks, presenting Kyle Pratt! Hell yes, thank you, Bruce. Another episode of 10 Questions. This one is going to be electric, I promise. Let's do the proper introduction first. You know we don't have guests on this show. We have contestants. We keep score. Everybody leaves with the score. We're going to get questions that are somehow related to their life, and then we're going to get into all about their life and their career. If they get the answer right to a given question, they're going to hear this beautiful sound. Okay, hopefully we get a lot of those, but if they misstep, if they have their mind blown and say, Kyle, I got nothing, and they get it wrong, they're going to hear this. Now, we've had a lot of contestants on this show. And before we bring in today's contestant, who I guarantee is going to be a blast, I want this contestant to hear some of his competition. People who have come in before him and left with a score, this is what he is gunning for. This person is extremely competitive. So play for today's contestants some of our priors and how they did. I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I got six out of 10. Hi, I'm Paul Rudd, and I got a seven out of 10. Hey, I'm Aaron Andrews. I got a five out of 10. I'm Tyra Matthew, and I got a six out of 10. And here we go. Start the intro sequence. Today's contestants, when he left St. Thomas High in Fort Lauderdale, they said he's the best we've ever had. When he left the University of Miami, they said he's the best we've ever had. When he finished with the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, they said he's the best we ever had. And when he gave a speech in Canton, Ohio, the NFL's Hall of Fame that says we the best we have ever heard wherever this contestant sets his foot in the sand he leaves a footprint of greatness and today he leaves it on 10 questions ladies and gentlemen <laughs> the playmaker michael irvin what's up mike hey cal i love that intro brother i love that right there the only thing cal let me just because you say at st thomas high make sure it's st thomas high school just because you're talking and you know talking about me and people grab michael st thomas high oh that's why you know what i'm saying at St. Thomas High School. They said he's the best we've ever had. No, and this man, is, a, I, see, I, I, Mike, I. it's that attention to detail and it is that pride that is going to become a huge deal as we hang out today. You know what you're in for. You're going to get 10 questions, Mike. They're somehow going to be related to your life, even if you don't think they will. Trust me. I'll get <laughs> us home, baby. Funny. I'll okay, get us okay, home. Okay, now, Mike, listen. if for some reason you got no clue and you said, man, Kyle, I got nothing. I can't come up with anything. We have a lifeline that you can use. The lifeline that we're using today is called Ask a Millennial. We have a young person, a millennial, standing by, and you can bring him in and say, Kyle, let me use the Ask a Millennial. You only get to use it once. We'll bring him in, and you guys can talk it through and see if you can work the answer out. So I get one Ask a Millennial. millennial. Yes. One One Ask a Millennial in the 10 questions. You can use it whenever you want. So I'll remind you. All right. 
Mike, you're going to leave this thing with a score. It is time to put that foot in the ground and run that slant over the middle like you have done your entire life. Here we go. Michael Irvin's 10 questions. Question number one, Mike. Let's get off to a quick start. Your category is college football. Your question. What college football program is known as the Red Raiders? Texas Tech. Quick answer from the playmaker. Do we have a completion on the first play of the game? Is it Texas Tech? Yeah. Right. I okay. got you. Okay. We're okay. on the board, Mike. <laughs> Let's go. Let's okay. go. One for one. That was, one. That, was luck. that was luck. That was luck. Okay. 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 Easy completion out in the flat. Nine-yard gain. Second one setup. Why am I asking you about Texas Tech? Mike, there's a guy who went to Texas Tech named Patrick Mahomes. He. We are recording this about a week and a half before the Super Bowl. You've right. seen them all, Mike. I mean, you really have seen countless Hall of Famers, all kinds of quarterbacks. You ever see anybody like Patrick Mahomes? Uh, he, he, he's the new guy. He's the new guy. He's the new and now guy. Never seen anybody about, like him. And that's a great question because he has Aaron Rodgers' talent, mm-hmm. but Tom Brady's decision-making. Mm. All right. Well, I'll give you – I want to go to your decision-making. Mike, you've played in three Super Bowls. You won all three. If you were to be in the Super Bowl right now and you're down five, with a minute and a half left, and you got to go 80 yards. Do you want right now, this season, your quarterback to be Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady? I want it to be Tom Brady. Still? Period. How come? Right now. Ultimately, Cal, these, these moments are made on the certain moments that you can make that play when you have to. Don't tell me about what Tom did. Tell me about did he do what he needed to do to win the game, and the answer has been yes to the tune of him in his 10th Super Bowl. That's all I want. Aaron Rodgers has been in one. Mm -hmm. Because somewhere along the line, he didn't make the right decision. It's about decision-making. We just get caught up on talent. We do. And and Mike, you've, like I said, you've seen it all. People get caught up in talent and they get obsessed with GOAT. It's all this GOAT talk all the time. GOAT this, GOAT that. As a guy who played in the era with a bunch of Hall of Famers, who stood by and saw Montana when, when you were in the 80s before you got to the league even go four Super Bowls, four wins, no losses. Do you think Brady is the greatest to ever do it? Brady's embarking upon touching the greatest athlete, period, across sports with what he's mm-hmm. doing right now. And, and, you know, he goes, if he wins this Super Bowl and he has the same team coming back again and do it again, we're, we're, we're even talking about him being the greatest quarterback. We're talking about comparing him to the greatest athlete, period, to ever live. I know. It's like he's in that Babe Ruth territory, like historical yeah. figure. It's crazy. And, Mike, you're starting one for one. Let's go to question two. Let's stay hot right here. Question number two and ten questions with Michael Irvin. Your category is religion. Religion. Follow this, Mike. In the spring of 1992, you had yet to win your first Super Bowl. A blockbuster movie starring Whoopi Goldberg, who was being put in the witness protection program as a nun, was called what? What was the name of that movie? Ah, uh, I remember it's with uh, Sister Sister. He says Sister Sister. Is that right? Oh, All right. What is that? <laughs> Mike, here's what's funny. There was a sitcom called Sister Sister. All right, and that was a real thing. Right. The Whoopi Goldberg movie was called Sister Act. 
Oh, that's close enough. Y'all got to give me something. Here we go. Now we got the playmaker. I I had a sister in there. I knew it was something. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. All right, but this is the game, okay? Okay. It's Sister Act. Why am I asking you about Whoopi Goldberg's Sister Act? Thank you. Well, Mike, there's there's so many fascinating things about you, one of which I talked about the movie Sister Act. You, of course, grew up. You had many sisters. For those right. who don't know, Mike, growing up, you were one of how many siblings? Uh, 17. I'm the 15th of 17. Right. 17 children. And right. these are these are all from your, your mother and your father? Yeah, it was yeah, one yeah, family? Right, 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 right. right yeah. yeah. <laughs> was yeah. your mother, Mike, was your mother just constantly pregnant? Well, it, that's the way it was. That's the way it seems like for quite a while, for quite a spell there, Cal. And honestly, you know what? That's why when it was all said and done, I, I was so thankful that I was able to say, because she would always say that when, when I was born. She said, baby, I'm going to tell you the truth. When I got pregnant with you, she said, I was just crying. I said, oh, mama, you that happy? She said, baby, I was like, God, I can't take another one. I can't take another one because I was the 15th. But she said, God told her, and this is what she always said to me. She said, God said, you will make my latter days greater than my former days. And I was able to deliver that. We got a chance to go to Super Bowls. I traveled all over the world. So that reality, that that dream came to a reality, made it all worth it. I'm one of six. And honestly, Mike, our our siblings are all spread out. And sometimes I feel like it's hard for me to run down the six. I I ask this respectfully. Can you tell me all your siblings' names? Oh, I can give you them names. I can give you them. I'd love to hear them. Could I? Well, let's let's try to go through this. Uh, Willie Pro's my oldest. Uh, Willie, Ray, Pee Wee, uh, Alice, Renee, uh, Sheila, Don Vaughn, Pat, Levine, Lisa, Sharon. How many are we right now? I don't know. Derek, Maybe 10? Brenda, me. How many is that? Maybe 15 if it's to you, and then there's two younger than you? Yeah, Derek and Brenda, uh, Derek and Brenda are under me. So I'm pretty sure I got them all. It's, it's so many, and it's such a unique way to grow up. I wonder, Mike, being the, the 15th of 17, how much did that fuel into the competitor you are, and maybe even how right. loud you are? Like, you're a high-energy right, right, guy, right, and right, I imagine right, you must right, have wanted right. to be noticed. How much? <laughs> yeah, and, and you're right about that. There are a couple things there. That, that I thought, and I always say that because I used to get hot at God. Why did they have so many people in my family? Like, why couldn't I? So we had nothing. I got nothing. I mean, I got nothing because, you know, you're the 15. Dude, all of my clothes going to school, people trip why, you know, I, I do so much with clothes now. But you know what it's like growing up when all of your clothes have been passed down over all of those years because we were. Oh, I don't say that. I know the correct word is poor, but we were so poor, we couldn't afford the other O and R. We just said P.O. Po. We just po. That's how poor we were. So everything got passed down. So, so my sister would have a pair of jeans that I would get in the 15th spot, 15th spot. Mm-hmm. So you got to sit back and pray when it hits you again that they're back in style. So bell-bottom <laughs> jeans up here, you know. So, so now you see them in style, out of style, in style, out of style. You're trying to hope. That you're the kid that they fall on when they're back in style. It's out of style. 
you know, it was crazy, man. So I was like, oh, please, when they get to me, please let, let Bell Bottom be back in style so I'm not going to school that way. So now I, I, I say I, a lot of us, out of our greatest pain, bring some of our best promises, our greatest promises. Because of the pain of that, that's why I'm so crazy about clothes. I got my own clothes and I will be in style. So, you know, that's kind of where, where that came from. But, but also my brothers, all of them that were older than me, that we all went to play basketball. It was those, it was four other brothers and me. And, and they would always make me as the youngsters, get on the basketball goal and just hustle for some rebounds. Don't shoot, you don't do anything. You just young. Just do what I took. So they kind of grilled that in me, made me earn my way. Now, you know, like it is, fortunately, or unfortunately, however you want to see it, for kids now, everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to play. Four, five years, six years old. We got leagues at every age, so everybody gets to play. Back then, you had to earn your way to play with the big guys. So, so I think there's some great things about everybody getting to play, but then there's some things that we're losing by making people not earn things. Do you think, Mike, if you had grown up, just you had one brother, one sister, and that was your family, do you think we'd be talking right now? Uh, I, I, I think my mom, uh, my, my gifts got manifest because of the things I've heard my mom say so many times. You know, she would always say, baby, God told me you're not going to let me always live like this. God told me you're going to make my former days, my latter days greater than my former days. And we would open the refrigerator. There was nothing there. I remember Cal, her holding me and us going to that refrigerator. Same refrigerator. I still own the house. You know, I still own the house. Uh, though I moved her out of the house a long time ago before God took her. Um, but I remember I remember going over and not having anything, but she never worried. She always looked at me and said, God, God said, you're going to make it okay. So so I, I think that drove me more than anything. I, I asked, I don't know, was that a prophecy or, or a good way to just keep me hungry? You know, I mean, just drilling it in my head all the time. But But it came to reality. You know, it's, it's, I can't imagine it's got to be a tough way to grow up. And yet, Mike, it had to be a sweet feeling when you got, yeah. you know, you got Pee Wee's sweatshirt and it was back. And five years later, right, Pee Wee's right, sweatshirt right, was right, in fashion right, again right, and you right, stuck right, the landing. Right, <laughs> right, right. But, but Cal, I do say that though, Cal, like, you know, because it takes them, especially in football, to win championships. I say there's no way I would have won the championships I won had I had just two kids or three kids because you yeah. learn, you learn in that situation. Hey, how to work with others? Because you have to, you have to. That was that, that was nothing. That was you just had to learn how to work with others. And and ultimately, in football, it becomes a, a great assist. We're gonna get into your work ethic in a little bit because I got stories about that. Meanwhile, Mike, you're one for two. Let's get back on the right side of the points here. Question number three. This this brings me sister, not sister, sister, sister act. Now this is a perfect segue with your siblings because your question number three, your category, Mike, is Motown. The pop band. The Jackson Five. It consisted of Michael Jackson and his four brothers. Oh. Can you name all four of his brothers? We're in a lot of naming siblings here. Who are the four brothers with Michael and the Jackson Five? Oh, man. Jamal, Tito, uh, Jermaine. Hmm? Two more. <laughs> <laughs> just like abc one two oh three my Mike. God, man. <laughs> see i would say you should ask the millennial but what the hell does a millennial know about the jackson five 
Yeah, I want I, I'm gonna have to need him for something for real, but this not this one. I actually know this one. Uh it was, it was that young guy, the young one was beating the drums. Yeah, who's the one playing the bongos or the saxophone? Yeah, remember, and... Right, right, right. What, 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 was that? That was the young, what was his name? I can't I, ask I got you, it right uh, in front of me. <laughs> I, got, uh, I got nothing on it. What's the name? What's up? All right. The Jackson Five consisted of Michael. Michael. Jermaine, Jermaine, Tito, Tito, Marlon, and Jackie. Marlon and Jackie. <laughs> so Jackie. Of right. Jackie. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, this is the stuff I had thought about this stuff in a hundred years, man. I got tricks oh, up my good. sleeve. That's funny, that's funny I, stuff. But you know, you know why I'm asking you about Michael Jackson. There's a legendary story involving Michael Irvin as it relates to Michael Jackson, whereas you guys are in the Super Bowl. You're up 28 to 10 at halftime. Irvin's already had two touchdowns. Novacek had a touchdown. What happened at halftime, Michael? Tell us, for those who have not heard this glorious story. Well, and, and you guys understand, I, you know, <laughs> we, we go in at halftime. And I was right. That was right before the half. We exploded. You know, I, two touchdowns in 18 seconds, which is two offensive touchdowns still a, in the Super Bowl, was still a record today. Um, and, and we go up. So we go in. And, you know, they're setting up and everybody's kind of doing what they have to do. And coach calls everybody in. You know, I'm like, come on, man, let's get, let's get, let's get to the, let's, let's get to the board talk, the chalk talk. So, so we get, so maybe I get out and watch Michael Jackson, but everybody's moving around and messing around. And I'm like, come on guys. Then we finally get in the room and they finally start going over the, you know, second half game plan. I'm watching what, and then now, a little bit after that, Michael Jackson starts singing. You can hear it. I'm like, oh my God, Michael, they're playing right now. And, and, and I listen for a minute and then right a little bit later, I said, Coach, I got to go to the bathroom. He said, all right, go in the bathroom. I go in the bathroom and you come out of that locker room. I went the other way where the defense was, walked through kind of by defense and went outside and watched Michael Jackson. It was insane to see him right there in the Super Bowl. I snuck out. And, 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 and then later on, when I came back, when I came back, everybody was getting ready to go out. He said, man, where'd you go, man? So I said, coach, I thought I needed to do a number one, but it was a two. <laughs> but I really went to see Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? I got to see that. That's my first time seeing Michael Jackson. And my only time, actually, seeing him live. I looked up the set, Mike, of that halftime. So... He come out and he, he starts with Jam, which was his newer song at the time. And I'm feeling like, you know, maybe you started hearing Jam in the locker room and maybe you can get through Jam. However, the second you song. The songs? Oh, yeah. After Jam, he went into Billie Jean. And if you hear Billie Jean, you're, I'm out of there. I, yeah, I, I'm yeah, out of yeah, That yeah, had yeah, to be yeah. the one. Now, listen, Mike, I, it's a long time ago. Was Were you a, a, a rogue agent or where, did you have some wingmen with you? Like Emmett wasn't going, you didn't bring Larry no, no, out no, with no. you? No, I, 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 was out, I came out by myself. I came out by myself. Now, I'm not saying, you know, because, you know, there's a thing going on for us, brother. We don't snitch. I'm not saying who was out there, but I will say I was the only one that had that idea. Hmm. I was not the only one that had that idea. We were going to see Michael Jackson. And you imagine like what Michael Jackson was like in 90, in that time, oh my God. Oh my God, it was, Michael Jackson was simply the king of pop. You, you had to see him, and man. He, he, I think, and those pirates, man, he was, it was insane. It was insane. For people who haven't seen the show, Michael comes up from the stage and just stands right. there. 
for right. two whole minutes without and moving or speaking. Everybody goes crazy. Oh my <laughs> God, they go crazy. It was like, oh, and it was, you know what, Cal, in our business, we know about that uncomfortable silence. Sure. You know, and most people, it would be an uncomfortable silence. But it's Michael Jackson. It's almost like he said, gaze upon my glory. Mm-hmm. And we gaze. <laughs> we just gaze upon his glory. Can't miss that show. As good as the halftime adjustments could have been from Norv and Wanstead and Jimmy. Like, it's Mike out there. Mike. And I looked it up, Mike. I looked it up. I looked the next year. You guys are in the Super Bowl again. You go to the Georgia Dome. I don't imagine you snuck out for that one. Did you go to the halftime show then? I did not. I don't, don't ask me who was. No, I got it in front of me. I, did you not go out maybe because you guys were losing at the half or because the halftime performance was Winona Judd and Clint Black? Well, <laughs> I, I think a little bit of both. Certainly yeah, the Winona Judd and Clint Black. But, but before that, because in that game, it was different. We were losing at halftime. And, 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 and they were getting the ball. And, and they were mm. up. And I remember walking in with Big E. With Big E. I'll tell you this story where Biggie had all. See, Jimmy was so strict on, you know, people talk about how crazy we played, but Jimmy was serious about his discipline. When we have a meeting, you be your own time. If it's 10 yards, you're 10 yards. I mean, real discipline about that. Now, you guys can have all the fun you want, want but you better meet these here right here because this is what makes us a disciplined football team. Everybody said, oh, they're undisciplined because we have fun. But Jimmy's understanding of discipline was 10 yards mean 10 yards, 9 yards mean 9 yards. Mm-hmm. Meeting at 8 means be here at 8. Real hard on that, you know. So, so we, got to, we got there that first, that first evening. We were at Sunday. Jimmy would believe. We get, let's go in town. We go in that Sunday night. You guys have Sunday, Monday off. Go do what you have to do. We'll come in Monday, get checked. Starting Tuesday, we'll do media day, and then, then we're focused on football. So he wanted you to come and get your glory from whatever out there. So yeah. so we all went out, and, and, and my big fella, Big E, he didn't make it back. We had meetings the next day. Big E enough fell asleep somewhere. I should say passed out somewhere. We can't even find him. We're going crazy. We're at the meeting. Jimmy's going crazy. We finally find him. Total silence in the room. We need Big E. Big E's one of the best tackles in the game. Are you joking? Jimmy had cut people on the spot for being late to meetings and let alone not show up. Like Big E is Eric Williams, right? Eric Williams. Right, yes. right. I remember. Eric okay, Williams. so where's Big E? Big E was... Who knows? Big e. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we really were worried for a moment. Nobody really knew. Right. Big, e, Big E passed out somewhere. But we finally found him. We got him, got him to the meeting. And we were... Everybody was scared. Jimmy called me. We all come in. Jimmy was like, we know the rules. He was, yeah, we know the rules. We abide by the are here. Every year, because we follow our rules, I was going off. Everybody said, now, you know the rules. You miss. You don't play. You do not play. And everybody was like, oh, my God, man. I was going to win this game without me. Yeah, you can't. Hey, he said, these are the rules. I'm not a fool. We'll take this up after the Super Bowl. You get your ass ready to play. We went crazy <laughs> in that locker room. We all went crazy in there, man. He said, we'll take this up later, you know? Oh. And we all went crazy. And then we were losing that game at halftime. So as we're walking in, I'm walking in with Big E. And Big E's talking to me. He said, man, what's going on, big fellow? What's, what's going on, Mike, man? You, I said, what's up, big fellow? He said, 
you think we partied too much of him? I said, big fella, absolutely, I think we did. But all we got to do is go in and come back out and whoop his ass, and everybody will forget it. But if we don't, oh, they'll talk about it forever. So, 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 that, so, so that halftime was a serious halftime. Yeah. Nobody moved because we were behind. It was, it was a different halftime. Oh my gosh, you guys are incredible. And you get another ring and Big E is validated and everything. It's just, it's the best. Mike, we got to move on because I want to get you back on the right track. You started one for one, you've missed two in a row. Question number four, the category is name the movie. I'm going to play a clip from a movie for you. It's about 10 or 15 seconds. Okay. It's from the world of sports. All you have to do is tell me what movie it is. Here we go, Michael Irvin, name this movie. So what I was trying to say is, if I can change, I think and you can change, everybody can change. I love it. I love it. Do you know it? It's Rocky. What do you mean? Do I get to tell you which Rocky? You got to tell me which Rocky. Rocky, it's not the original. It's it's not one of the more... It's not the original. It, yeah. it's, it, it's when he went to Russia... To, yep. to defend Apollo Creed's death. Yes. When he went to Russia, and uh, man, that was his speech in Russia. So, so I can go through this. Rocket, the first rocket, fought back on Apollo Creed. Rocket, yep. the second rocket. Uh, Apollo Creed again. Uh, right, right. He, that was him and Apollo Creed. But he, but One he, and but he two. Took the championship. Right, right. He took and the then three. No, I ain't in, in, in. Wait, wait. Three was clever, wasn't Clever Lane? Three is Clubber Lang, Mr. Three. T. So, so yep. what's that? Drago. Drago was four. Yeah. Drago is four. Right. So is your answer Rocky Four, Mike? That's what I'm saying. Rocky, Rocky four. four, light him up. Yes. Rocky oh, baby, four. we talked through that. Oh, Rocky I got that. I talked through that thing, dog. I talked through that. <laughs> See, Mike, hey, I like this, this is what. <laughs> I knew you would love it, and I knew you would know the Rocky movies. I'll tell you why. Those Rocky movies, you know, okay. about 80% of the movies is just sly working out. It's Sly getting the sit-ups in. It's Sly chopping down trees. And you were a relentless worker. I heard a story from Jerry Jones where he would say when, when 88 was 88, in the heat of your career, you would walk out to practice. And Dallas Cowboys are lying around and they're stretching and they're doing this. And Michael Irvin would say, which one of y'all going to work harder than me today? Put your hands up. I want to see your hands. Get the hands up of who's going to work harder than me today. True story? All the time. All the Why? time. You got to understand. Well, th- this game, this game that we do is a grueling game. And, and, and I even talk about it now. If I'm building a football team, I would take the, if I had two guys, if I got one guy that's a little bit more superior talent, talent A is a little bit more superior talent, but talent B, who's a little less superior, less talented, but more, I mean, gracious, getting the guys out there, get, grabbing the guys. Uh, gathering the guys together, I'll take talent B. This game is too, it's, it's too hard of a game not to have fun and not to take your mind off the pain of the game. That's why, when it, if I told you, let's sprint right now a mile, you, you'd be like, oh my God, you know, in the first quarter, that, that bears on your back. And you're like tired and you got heavy legs. But if I just say, let's play a game of tag, I'll chase you for a mile and you'll be just laughing and not even thinking about it. But the other way, we did the same exact thing 
but we received it gloriously one way and not so gloriously the other. And it changed our stamina. I was changing the stamina of all the guys out there. I would walk out and mess with everybody every week. God, I would, man, listen, when, when we got the rookies in, I wanted to break in the rookies. You know, make sure they know that, we, we hey, we need you now. So the guys come in, you know, I, I don't want them being all of me or, or Troy or Emmett. No, we need you to do what you got to do. So that just guys, I would, man, mess with those guys. I would walk in the middle of the locker room dead naked, dead naked, and say, hey, okay. guys, listen, you can see this and you would never be this. Don't blame your mom and dad. Don't blame your mom. But work hard. Work hard and let everybody know that this is what I'm just trying to break it up. Just trying to break it up and get them on. Say, man, Mike, crazy. You know, get these guys in line. You're on this team now. Because I remember when I first got here, how I looked at Ed Too Tall Jones. Like, oh my God, that's mm-hmm. Ed Too Tall Jones, you know. Uh, and, and, and it was, I looked at him in amazement. And, and I wanted to be able to do something great. And, and I wanted to break those guys down. The receivers, I would tell them all. All your receivers, congratulations. You made the team. Call your mom, dad, brother, sister, niece, nephew, and uncle. And tell them you made the team. But also tell them, don't expect you to be catching any passes. That's Mike Irvin's job. That's what I would, All I'm doing is breaking, up the con, breaking it up so we can come together and have fun. So I understand this right. Michael Irvin, the star wide receiver for the Cowboys, would stand in the middle of the locker room, no clothes, no towel, nothing, no and nothing. bare naked, and just say, yeah. you're never going to have this. You're never going to look like this. This is what it is. It's not your fault. Don't blame mom and dad. It's just what God ordained. Don't sweat it. Do the best you can do with what you got. That's all we ask on this football team. And, and, and everybody start laughing. Or they throw something. Get out of here. Get out of here. You know, they start throwing <laughs> stuff. But, but it's all about having fun. It's about having fun. Now, when I hit you on that field, I am going to outwork you. There is no getting around. There I am going to outwork you. If, I, if, 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 our, if our assignment is to run 16 110s um, in, in, 14, in 14 seconds with a 45-second break, I'm going to run 30. I'm going to run 30 with a 40-pound weight vest on. Every time. I'm just going to do way more than you, you ever are going to do because I want to set my mind that I'll outwork you so I should, out, I should outplay you. Mike, here's what's fascinating is that you had this legendary work ethic and I talked about the quote from Jerry Jones about you outworking everybody. Then there's this other thing and there's a quote from Darren Sharper where he says, listen, Mike used to be out all night. He would be out all night partying and then he would show up in the morning and go to work. For someone who going all in and the intensity and the work was so important why also do the partying, which seems to work against that? Well, and, and, and to be true to this, I was, and, and let me share with you, I, I was in a situation where like, I would never do anything during the season. Listen, when, when we, we started training the second weekend of March, the second week of March. My birthday was March 5th. So, so Jimmy would, after the, Pro, after the Super Bowl and after the Pro Bowl, he would say, all right, get away. Now, my getaways were some great getaways because <laughs> when I got away, I got away. Not when I had fun, had a party, had a great time, did all kind of crazy things, party. Now, come second week in March, come second week in March, that's when we started training, I could stop doing everything and, and, and obsess over training. Let me give you this, Kyle, now. And remember, when, when, when all that went down in the hotel room with me and the women and all that stuff was, hanging out and orgies and drugs and all. That was 
right around my birthday. That was the la- that that's supposed to have been that last party night, that last party night before we turn over. You know, and, and this is ultimately how I found out. Even after, like I used to sit back when I was coming up, like, man, how could people not do this? Like I got high, did things, but I would just stop it and go and start training. And I'm like, why, 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 why do people have an issue with this? Why can't you just stop? when you have to stop and do what you have to do. My whole career, I could do that. My whole career. But when I retired, when I retired, is when I realized the issue. I said, when I retired, then I was like, okay, it's time to stop. Time to stop messing around. That's enough. Let me focus back on what I'm going to do next in my yeah. career, with my, with my life. And then, then I'll find myself three days later back out doing something. And I said, well, wait a minute. Then I will stop again. And it's okay, time to focus again. I find myself out back three days later. I said, oh, snap. You know, why can't I stop now before I was able to stop? What I realized with counsel, with my bishop, uh, what I was, all I was doing was switching addictions. So when I no longer had the ability to switch addiction, to switch from getting high and chasing women to football, and football was gone, now there was nothing to stop it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So now I had to recenter my person. I had to recenter. What do I want to do? I want to, do I want a career doing something else? Do I want a career in broadcast? Do I want to do this? All of that. Then, then I had to rechange that addiction and make it what I do right now. Mike, this is incredible stuff from you. And I, I have one more question before we move on. You, you did live an incredible life and you still are. When you look back at the stuff that you mentioned, the women and drugs and orgies all the time, and all that. man, all the time, all the time. I I, I should have won nine straight championships, college and pros all together. I think about those things all the time. There's never, there's no getting away from it. There's no. Do getting you away. do you regret them or do you say hell no? I had a hell of a time. I wouldn't change a thing. I I, I can't say I don't regret them. I can't uh-huh. say I don't regret them. You know, but then ultimately I got to try to make peace with who I am and also and also move forward in life. And this is. This point, because you know, I I, I should have won three national championships in a row. I should have won in my I, I should have won four Super Bowls right here with Dallas in a row. Really should have won six and uh, uh, five and six, five and seven years or something like that. You know, certainly four in a row, and maybe we miss a year, then come back and win another one, something like that. All of those things, and absolutely, I start saying to myself, "Man, what if I would have." Done this or done that or done this. So, so, so there is, and, 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 and listen, I, the only way I combat and deal with it and live with it is being forthright with everything and then say this that, okay, God took you through it so mm-hmm. He can help others with you later on. That's the only peace you can have in it. Unless you got to find some way to make it useful moving forward uh, or, or you'll go crazy thinking about what you lost. Be back there. Do me a favor, Mike. Do not go crazy for the rest of your life thinking about sister, sister versus sister act. I don't want to have that on my conscience, my man. Let's get over that. And let's move to question five. You're two out of four. One more point and you will already tie Steve Smith Sr. who got a three out of ten. Mike, question number five. Your category is 90s NBA. In 1995, you set an NFL record with 11 100-yard receiving games for the Cowboys. It's an incredible season. That same year, while you were doing that, who was the leading scorer for the Dallas Mavericks? Uh, same year, same time. Marco Aguayo or Rolando Blackman? Wait a minute, wait a minute. 
95 Mavericks. 95 Mavericks. Yep. Uh, uh, 95, was, was that the 95, 95? Okay, Derek, no, Derek, no, maybe they were a year earlier. Uh, 95, so what, 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 95, Derek Harper had already gone. Derek Harper's my guy. I don't remember when yep. he first got here. Rolando Blackman, maybe, maybe it was right after those guys. That's the second J. Was there a third? And, and I need a final Jamal answer. Mashburn. No What's Mashburn. your answer? Who was the leading scorer? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It had to be. Wait, wait, who's the. Jamal Mashburn. Is that your final answer? Yes. Mike's sitting back in his chair. Mike's tortured over this. Come wait, on wait, now. Who was the score? Who was the score? I know it wasn't Jason Kidd. Uh, no, Jamal. Jamal Mashburn. He says Monster Mash, Jamal Mashburn out of Kentucky. Is he right? Yeah! That was you got listen, Kyle. Listen, it's so crazy because I, I love Jimmy, man. I, you know, I run the gym uh, uh, out in uh, LA because you know he does some stuff, NBA yeah. TV and stuff, man. And we talk about that all the time. When, when I talk to him, we talk about. He said, "Man, I, I think about what you, Troy, and Emmett were able to do as the triplets, and they were trying to build triplets over there. I know, and and it did not work. And speaking of regret, he says, "Man, I really regret we didn't make that work. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, I, I try yeah. to tell young dude. I said, "Man, listen." As I reminisce on my history, I tell these young kids today, today, I said, man, you're writing your history, man. Write best you can so you can reminisce best you can later. Don't let people fool you. Write well. Write well and play hard. And that's why I bring up the NBA in the 90s. Some of the guys who played in that era, Mike, I've seen them say it on Twitter. I've seen them say it in interviews is that they look back on it, that NBA stood for no babies allowed. And it was tough and it was fouls and it was all kinds of fights. I wonder, Mike, I was looking at your highlights the other day. I mean, you're you're getting the shit kicked out of you over the middle. I mean that like you're taking every hit. You're hitting that ridiculous AstroTurf. When you turn on today's game and every flag coming out for everything and nobody can hit anybody and all these receivers breaking records, how do you feel when you watch it in that regard? Uh, I'm conflicted in this sense. And I was talking about this last night with some guys, you know, when we when we used to say like even when I ran this land, just like you talk about, oh man, man, he's fearless, he's fearless. That's that's not true. There's no such thing as fearless. God gave us this divine apparatus for our protection. Fear is for our protection. You know, you you, you want fear. I want fear that will uh, uh, that will uh, save me, but not fear that will stop me. You see what I mean? Fear that will save me from Walking out in the street, doing something stupid. Oh, no, I'm scared of that. That's the fear that will save you. But the fear that will, I don't want the fear that will stop me. I, I Don't go after your goals. Don't chase this. Don't, you know what I'm saying? So you have to monitor your fears. So I tell people this. Okay, he's talking about speaking going across the middle. I said, you got to understand, there's no such thing as fearlessness. It's a, it's a part of everything we do. You, so, so what do you, so there's so no such thing as fearlessness. Fear lives within all of us. Then courage is not saying that you did not have fear. Courage is saying I had an ability to overcome the fear. Okay. To overcome the fear. Now, that's what they've taken out of the game. Courage has been removed. Since, in my day, 
we have to, you have to drop back and throw a ball. He had to put it on time. And the quarterback had to let it go and be accurate because there were collisions right at the ball. They're not waiting on you to catch it. They're separating you from it. You know what I mean? So it takes courage to catch this ball. Shit, that's, that's, that's Ray Lewis in there. That's running a lot. I got to go run this slant. That's running a lot. He bit his own damn thing off to hit somebody. Why should I go run a slant and let him hit me? You know what I'm saying? He doesn't even feel pain. So, so it takes courage to overcome it. Now, the advice I give kids is how do you overcome your fear? Put it up against a greater fear. Then it helps you overcome your fear. When I, when I had to go run a slant route, I would line up and I would say, okay, Michael. And okay, okay. You got to do this. And then little Michael would come in me and say, Michael, if you don't do this, you got to run this slant or run back to the ghetto. Which one you want to run? I said, okay, let's run this slant. The greater fear for me was going back to where I grew up with those 17 kids and having nothing. The hit was far less than that. So I always put that fear up against the greater fear to overcome the fear, which is courage. They don't have to, I can catch any ball because you can't hit me until after I get to the ground. And if you do, I get a first down anyway. That's where you, that's the part that I say. I love the safety part, but I hate that we had to take the courage part out. Yeah, I think is there's a saying that courage is not the absence of fear. It is the mastery of it. It's so well Absolutely. put. It's poetic. And Mike, you got Absolutely. no fear as we head into question number six. You're three out of five. It's a fun category. It's called finish your line. Of course, Mike, you've been on the big screen. You've been in movies. You were in a movie called The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler and a bunch of other people. Finish your line is I'm going to play a scene in which you speak dialogue and I'm going to stop your line right in the middle of it. And you have to tell me how the line finishes. Okay. okay? We got okay. a scene here where Adam Sandler and Chris Rock are out in the basketball court and they're looking to recruit basketball players. These are inmates for the football team. And Sandler's going to go up to you and say, do you want to play? We're going to play your line. It's going to stop. I know where you guys are going. And you got to tell me how it ends. Michael Irvin, finish your line. Just uh, wanted to talk to you fellas about possibly joining the football team. The only game we play with you is slap the point shaving white boy till he cries like Baby back bitch. <laughs> he cried like a baby back bitch. I Mike says, baby back bitch. Can we hear it, please? The only game we play with you is slap the point shaving white boy till he cries like a baby back bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so easy for you, man. <laughs> yeah, I got to write my own lines in that, man. So that was cool. Only thing, like the baby back bitch line was a part of what they had written in the script. And Adam was so cool with that, man, because I was like, I, I didn't, that was, that was a huge role for a first time. And, and Adam, I said to Adam, I said, some of this stuff doesn't sound like me. He says, Michael, I hired guys to write you. He said, but you can write it. He said, let's try it your way. He says, learn it both ways. And if your way works, we'll use it. But you got to keep some of the main things to carry over the joke, you know, because we had the big boy doing baby back. So I, had to carry <laughs> over. so I got to write it, right? I wrote it all. And he liked it. He said, okay, use that. He said, that's cool. He said, but understand, there, 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 is, there is no writing credit. And, and there will be no no other check coming in from that, you know. So so yeah. So I, but I but I enjoyed that. That was fun. I, I remember the director told me he said, "Man, I didn't want you to do this movie." He said, "I thought the role was too big." He said, "Adam fought tooth and nail for you to do this movie." And then, and he said, "I must admit, Adam was right. You did a great job." He said, "We cast you perfectly." And I thought about it, Kyle, for a moment. I said, "Pete, wait a minute, Pete." I said, "I'm playing." 
a prisoner. What do you mean you cast me perfectly? I'm playing a prisoner in this movement. You know what I'm saying? But he said, no, 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 not like I said. I know what you mean, man, but but I was just messing with him. But that, that was fun to do that. It looked fun. I watched the scene back the other day. That movie went on being a massive hit. Mike, I want to quickly pick up the theme of that scene in the sense that Sandler is trying to pick guys to make the best Sandlot football team. I'm going to give you some rapid fire ones. I'm going to name two names. And you got to say which one you'd want to be on your Sandlot football team. Okay, you can only pick one. Randy Moss or Terrell Owens? Randy Moss. Brett Favre or Steve Young? Not a Brett Favre. Deion Sanders or Bo Jackson? I'm taking Deion Sanders. And lastly, Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith? I never go broke making a deposit. I got to take Emmett Smith. That's your guy. I mean, that's people debate for years. Barry, Emmett. I remember when I was playing high school football, it was Barry guys and Emmett yeah. guys. I know that's your guy. Is it your bias but, speaking or is he, is he no, actually no, better? No, no. It, it's, my, it's the reality. Now, now here, here's what, 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 what I'm saying better is this. We, there are two categories that we're breaking down when we break these two down. And I think we get down to just like we do in football with the one. We get, you want to ask me who's more electric and who's, yeah. who's more uh, uh, exciting? Gary Sanders all the way. And you see all these glitz and glories and you say, wow, just like, Aaron Rodgers all the way. You see all that oh, glitz and glory, and you say yes. But the reality is, Emmett, you'll never go broke when you make a deposit. And Emmett is always two yards, four yards, eight yards, twelve yards, ten yards. It's always right there. He's always right there. Doesn't miss games. Doesn't miss games. You know what I mean? So when we get down, so when we get down the goal line, boop, boop, there's seven points. Boop, boop, there's seven points because he's always a deposit. That is winning football. You got to determine the two. You got, you want most exciting or you want championship. And most exciting doesn't bring you championships. Making a deposit every time will get you across the line. That's why I say him in that sense. That's a great explanation, Mike. You're making deposits. We're going to pick up the pace as we go to question number seven. You're doing really well. Question number seven is a multiple choice, all right? Category is rock, paper, scissors. According to studies, which is the least thrown in a game of rock, paper, scissors? Is it A, rock, B, paper, or C, scissors? Which one do people throw the least? Paper. He says paper. Is paper correct? It is not. Oh, my God. People throw paper because they think people are going to throw a rock through. They throw scissors. Mike. So scissors, the least. It's scissors is the least popular. Rock is the most. And then paper. Here's why I bring this up, Mike. There's something that, that follows you around. And you've always been so forthright. And it's the idea that you have a history with scissors. And people ask yeah. about this. People talk yeah. about this. There was an event in 1998 having to do with scissors and a teammate. What happened? You know, okay, we had a, we had a tradition. Um, we had a tradition at, at, in training camp. You know, just like they have in every training camp, veterans go, and then rookies go, and, and, and then uh, young, young, younger guys go. Uh, veterans, and then the guy that behind the veterans, and then the guys that behind those guys, and then the rookies go last. We had okay. that event. So after practice, and everybody just we've been practicing hard, and everybody's kind of riled up. We come in doing what we always do. You know, the veterans jump in. And, and and a guy there 
that was new to the team. I just wanted to spread his wings and, and kind of show. You know, I understand that he's a man, even though the rules are what they were. And, and then we got into a little, a little spat. Now, this is a big 340-pound guy. Big 340-pound guy. Offensive lineman. You know, I, I, the guy, people do the research. They want to find out what happened. Uh, his name. I won't put it out there because he and I became very good friends afterwards and everything. And, 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 and I pray for him. and hope all the best for him. But, but afterwards, and then, he, you know, we got into it. He just came at me. And I'm talking about this big guy had me down, punching me and punching me. I was like, whoa. Kind of caught me off guard. But then we got into it. And, and yeah, and, and I actually grabbed a pair of scissors. Hey, big fellow, stop. Back up now. Stop. Don't do that again. Don't come up to me again. And he did come up, and he moved and came up, and the scissors cut him. And the scissors cut him um, in, in that room, and everybody went crazy. Now, let me tell you something. I had just gotten out of, out of court where the judge told me, because I, I took a no-look contender plea on the stuff I was talking to you about earlier. The judge told me, son, if I see you again, you're going to jail for 10 years. I'm like, I'm like I was just really, I don't even know how to get in this. It's not like I'm a criminal. I was just chasing a few girls and having a party. Like, but okay. But now, I, this is what the judge told me. And right after that situation, Cal, I remember sitting back in my room. I had this blood all over my shirt. And I was thinking about, you know, they came back to the room. They said, oh, he's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. And then it's almost like I just clicked. Like, oh. And, and, and I looked down. I saw that blood. I said, oh, my God. You're going to jail. You know what I mean? You're going. Ten years to jail for 10 years. This, this thing had just been blown. You know, it was so big at the time, all, all of that court stuff. So so then when all of this went down, that's the first thing went went through my mind. Uh, and, and, I, and I appreciate the dude because he, he stood up and he kind of, you know, kind of helped me with that situation, explaining what went down. He said, you know, we should have handled it better. And I, I, that's the reason I didn't go to jail for 10 years because he stepped up and I appreciated him for that. That's an incredible thing. And I like that you add that now you know him and you respect him. And because that could have gone a totally different direction, Mike, if he said the hell with that, you know, I'm going to send this guy away and I'm going to say yeah. my, my ground. It's a great ending to that story that I don't think a lot of people know. Yeah. No, a lot of people don't know that. And, and, and I thank him for that because, you know, it was just, it, it, we got, we was hot headed. Uh, I got in a protective mode of, of a big guy, big guy. Perhaps to try and 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 I I regretted it as soon as it happened, man. I was like, oh my god, what has happened here? But but thank God he, he he's a good dude. Three questions left, Mike. Let's wrap this thing up. Question number eight. You're gonna love this. This is this category is called finish the lyric. You did excellent with finish your finish line, make it back, bitch. Finish the lyric because I'm gonna play you a popular song. I guarantee you've heard it, Mike. Oh god. The song is gonna okay. stop. You're gonna hear the singer, and when the singer stops. <laughs> You need to finish the singer's line for him. Here you go, Michael Irvin, the fan favorite category. Finish this lyric. Deeply touching my emotions. I wanna stop. And thank you, baby. I wanna stop. And thank you, baby. How sweet it is. How sweet it is. To be loved by you is correct. It is absolutely correct. <laughs> my rehab, that's my rehab music, man. I rehabbed all that, is that kind true? of music at Al Green, man. It was, it's so amazing. I would listen to that kind of music before I played football. Like, yeah, it's not anything to get my hype. I just, it was just the best kind of music. It was soul music. 
Mike, I we're going to do this rapid fire so we can get you out of here. The reason okay. I played that was actually because it, it was by Marvin Gaye. And I, there was a thing, another thing I don't think a lot of people know is you were once on the cover of Out Magazine, uh, posing in 2011, which I thought was amazing. And it was an honor of your brother, Vaughn, who passed away. Mike, we're just going to ask the last two questions and finish this right now. Question number nine, your category is games. Okay, this is simple. What classic party game involves players removing wooden blocks from a tower? Uh, what's it called? That Jingo, or what do you call it? Jingo, right. That's Jingo! Jingo, right, that's it. That's that is it. absolutely it. correct, it. Mike. Can you ding them up on that one, please? Number yeah, nine. Got that jingle, got that and lastly, question number 10 as we finish rapid fire. The number 10 is always essay. Essay means that I give you a topic that you've talked about before and you have to prove it to me. Mike, your essay is going to be about the origin of the Playmaker nickname. Now, I've heard a lot of different stories about this. Troy Aikman is on record that you gave it to yourself and made it up. I've heard different accounts. You have the floor as we finish your question number 10. Let me Convince me of the origins of the Playmaker nickname. You know, a couple of things. Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson came. When I got to the University of Miami, Jimmy and I came the same time, right? We lost Eddie Brown and Stanley Shakespeare. Jimmy... I, I was tr- in a film room one day, walking by, studying. Jimmy walked by. He said, "Hey," he said, "Hey, Mike, what's up?" He said, "Wait, that show to Mike Worthy." He said, "Don't let me down." Wait, that show. And that couple, I was like, "Oh!" And then he went to meetings. He said, "We need. We lost a lot of guys. We need to find some new playmakers on this team." We went out to practice, and I was making plays, making a few plays, and a guy, Winston Moss, who coached in the NFL, he yeah. said, "Oh, they're going to playmaker right there." And that's how I got the nickname, and it stuck ever since. I wasn't crazy about it at first, but 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 it proved up. It's a great nickname. It's a great story. It's Winston Moss. Take that, Troy. You get the point. You have finished the ten questions, Mike. At seven out of ten, I am thrilled. I am honored. You passed Tyron Matthew. You passed uh, Aaron Rodgers, Mike. I'm thrilled to have you on. Like I said, the last thing we need for you before you go. We do call-outs. Name anyone that you think should come on the show and compete with your 7 out of 10. Any public figure. Who you want to call out to try to take you out. 7 out of 10 is so good, too, man. That, that's, a, that's a good one, man. Let me tell you who you guys should get on. Now, yeah. now I, I can call out anybody here. Yeah, anybody you want. I'm calling anybody. Go get Ray Lewis. Okay. Go you think Ray sugar. would do this? Go get Sugar. Sugar will do it for you. Sugar will be good, too. Be From good. the U, Sugar, the U. Playmaker. Mike, we love you. I respect you, brother. You did an incredible job telling your story, and you got a 7 out of 10. We thank you. We wish you the best. Everybody else, tune in next time on 10 Questions. Playmaker is a tough act to follow. Lots yeah, of luck, Ray Lewis. Do. We'll see you next cool, time. Buddy. Ten Questions with Kyle Brandt is a co-production by Spotify and The Ringer. The show is produced by Richie Bozek, Jason Gallagher, Noah Malale, Steve Allman, Jackson Safan, and Arjuna Ramgopal. Our theme song is by Matt Schiltz and Bobby Lord. Additional sound design by Bobby Lord. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. 
You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday. I'm still sleeping. I also like Ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.